Hello everyone, welcome to the King of Pro Wrestling Podcast. Uh, I am in the throes of uh, the post-double-or-nothing vibe, uh, if you will. It's been a really interesting day, to say the least, filled with a lot of emotions, uh, a lot of thoughts, a lot of feelings, and... um, this past week, you know, so many things have, have happened, whether, um, we're talking about the untimely passing of Larry Zonka, who was a writer and contributor for 411 Mania and someone whose reviews, uh, I had followed for quite a long time, um, and had always appreciated, um, or of course the also untimely passing of Shad Gaspard and, and, the circumstances surrounding his death, which are simultaneously heartbreaking and uplifting all at once, uh, or of course the most recent news of Hana Kimura's death um, coming out of Japan. And I've already spoken at length about those thoughts and feelings. But if anything, this day has certainly taught me that you can get the darkness and the light and that the light always overshadows that darkness, um, which is a weird turn of phrase, but, uh, I made the conscious effort tonight to treat myself to AEW double or nothing and to join in in the conversation on Twitter with all of the wonderful AEW fans. And, uh, it was just a joyous night. Uh, it really was. I, I had so much fun watching the show. Uh, I had a smile on my face for the majority of it, and I uh, felt like talking a little bit about it, um, giving my thoughts, my my opinions, um, which, you know, that and 250 will buy you a cup of coffee. But, uh, hey, I've got this podcast. I've got this microphone. Uh, I pay for the the server space or whatever, so I figured I might as well chat a bit about the show um, for those that listen. Um, So I did not, unfortunately, did not get to watch the the buy-in. Just, you know, circumstances didn't really necessarily let me uh, do that, Um, you know, with uh, dinner with my wife and daughter. Um, and then, uh, of course, bedtime ritual, which I, I kind of got out of. Uh, my wife was gracious enough to, to say, yeah, go go watch Double or Nothing. I'll take care of bedtime. Um, so I'm grateful for that. But, um, yeah, I, I just had such a wonderful time watching the whole show um, in spite of missing out on the buy-in and the, and the tag team, uh, number one contender match, um, which I think it's great that, uh, best friends won. I think that that'll be a hell of a match, um, between best friends and, um, Kenny and, and Adam page. Um, the show, you know, kicked off in, in a really nice manner with the tribute to the first responders. Um, and I think that, you know, the other thing it really helped to do was, was just tie us all together during this time. And there are a lot of criticisms that have been levied towards both WWE, uh, and AEW, probably less so AEW. Um, but I think that's just the nature of, 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 you know, the size of the companies and the nature of the fan bases, um, in the wrestling community in general. And 
they're valid criticisms. You know, should they be running shows right now? And, uh, you know, I don't have an answer for that. Uh, it certainly seems, based on what we've heard and, and, and the way that they have represented themselves and, and, and been, you know, more transparent about things, that AEW is running things as responsibly as possible, um, that they are, you know, making sure that there are plenty of tests, um, you know, temperatures taken, and um, and masks being worn um, when and where appropriate. Um, although, hey, it's worth noting that you know the the fans, if you will, the crowd um, weren't sporting masks for the most part. And and it does make you wonder, you know, it's like, is is this okay? Is this a good idea? Not not necessarily because any of those people uh, could be carriers necessarily, but also just for what it represents. And, and for, you know, an audience as you're watching that and seeing that, you know, does it give us a false sense of security? Uh, I don't have any answers to those questions, but I do think that they're at least worth asking. Um, but certainly not worth dwelling on because the show as a whole, I think, was able to transport me in a way that uh, a lot of the other content that I've seen recently uh, has not. So uh, I'm very grateful for that. Um, the show then uh, kicked off with the casino ladder match. I have to be honest, I was really, really excited for this match. Um, I figured that it was going to be, you know, just kind of your your classic multi-man ladder match, um, you know, car wreck, uh, hopefully without any injuries. I don't think that that was the case in this in this match's uh, case, however. Um I thought that it started off really well. I think the idea to have Kazarian and Scorpio Sky start the match um, worked really well. I think that their, um, you know, their pairing uh, and, and and being tentative uh, about you know locking up um, worked really well. It was some nice storytelling. I, I think then that it was also really smart to have Kip Sabian come in next with Jimmy Havoc. Um, the, you know, the opportunity to kind of even the playing field and not have to do any sort of like, you know, awkward SCU taking out Sabian sort of thing or, or, you know, any sort of weird three-way thing. It actually worked really well for me and I enjoyed that part of the storytelling. Um, I do feel like the, you know, the match didn't hold together, you know, as well as it could have after that. Um, I do think things started to just kind of get a little shaky. Um, you know, I, I thought Darby was great. I thought almost everything that he did was great. You know, that 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 skateboard ladder spot was insane. Um, and it did look like, you know, he may have suffered an injury on that one. Uh, the severity of which, you know, who knows? We'll, we'll hear about it soon enough, I'm sure. Um, you know, and there continued to be some pretty crazy spots. Uh, it, you know, it's always great to see Colt Cabana. Uh, Orange Cassidy was hilarious and, 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 and just, I don't know, it, it, it put such a big smile on my face, his antics during the match. And even, you know, prior to getting in the ring, when he went up to the announce team, uh, I thought that was wonderful. Um, uh, Joey Janela, I thought, you know, that was one of my favorite moments of the match was when he came out because up until then the match had had some really cool spots and some good moments, but it hadn't felt as energetic as it could have. And I think when Joey Janela came in, man, the energy level just bumped up, you know, dialed up to, to 11 and, um, he really brought it and, and, and he, and he kind of raised the stakes for the match. And I, I really appreciated that. And I appreciated his presence in the match in general, and frankly, would have liked to have seen him, you know, do even more. Um, I thought the DVD off the apron with with Darby Allen was crazy, and 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 just one of those spots that, 
you know, you, you look at it from, uh, I think, multiple perspectives. And there's the lens that can look at a spot like that and be like, well, you know, they should both be dead and, and, and out of the match at that point. Um, sure. You can also look at it from the perspective of just like what a high impact maneuver that is going to, you know, certainly um, take them out for a little bit. Uh, you can look at it as just being like, man, that's just a really cool spot. And and, and, and none of those lenses is, is any better than the other or wrong or anything like that. It's all about the context and the perspective that you have. Um, you know, regardless of the lens, I just thought that it was a really cool moment. And again, I thought that Joey Janela added quite a bit to uh, the overall texture of this match. So it was really cool. Uh, Luchasaurus, man, he has such a presence and such a great energy. And I think that the way that he has been built, um, you know, since debuting in AEW, you know, from, from the get go, uh, it, 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 it's clear that he's in a position where they can pretty much do whatever they want with him. Um, and that is something special. You know, if they want to give him a, a singles run and have him go for the TNT title or, uh, the, the, the world title, either way, you know, I think that he, he would be viewed as a legitimate threat um, and, and put on a good match with whoever, you know, he might step in the ring with. You know, if they want to give he and, and Jungle Boy uh, or, or he and Marco Stunt, for that matter, you know, a run at the tag titles, I think that that would be fine. You know, hell, give them, you know, put all three of them together, do a free bird rule or, uh, you know, I think it's... I struggle with this thing. Maybe it's probably too early to do like a six man title. And oftentimes they get relegated to the background anyway, but I, you know, hell I wouldn't, I wouldn't mind it necessarily at some point, um, have all three of them go for that. But uh, point being that Luchasaurus is a guy who stands out. And, um, I think just has such a wonderful presence that, um, it's, you know, it's just worth noting that he brought a lot to this match almost immediately. Um, the, uh, the surprise entrant, um, being Brian Cage, I, you know, it's weird because I, I didn't even give any thought to it possibly being Brian Cage. And, and I knew I even posted on Twitter at one point, I knew that this was highly unlikely, but I didn't know the specifics to the contract. I hadn't done the research, be completely honest, but, um, you know, I was like, well, is it going to be, you know, Matt Cardona, Zack Ryder? Um, and, and obviously it couldn't be because of a 90 day, no compete clause. And I, I was, I was foggy on that just because, knowing that his contract had just expired that he hadn't been like released or, or anything that I thought that maybe, you know, I didn't know if there'd be the no compete, uh, uh, since it just expired or whatever. But I mean, obviously it makes sense. I'm sure, you know, there's, there's a good chance we'll see him at some point, um, down the road, you know, maybe, maybe by the time all out rolls around. Um, so yeah, seeing Brian Cage, I thought it was a great idea to have him paired up with Taz. Um, you know, he, he certainly made an impact right off the bat. He, he, you know, one of the great things about his presence in the match is that not only did he look credible, but the reactions of the other wrestlers and the lengths with which they were willing to go to put him out of the match, uh, I thought really added to that level of, of credibility for him as being kind of this monster. Um, I go back and forth on Brian Cage, if I'm being completely honest. Uh, I, you know, I've seen him live uh, in, in some matches that I have just been incredibly impressed with. Um, and, 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 you know, I think that he's, he's an incredibly talented guy. There's no doubt about it. Um, I thought the exchange he had with Luchasaurus was fantastic. You know, that was a moment where I was just like, man, give me that match. I would love to see the two of them go at him. Um, you know, the stuff with Darby looked incredibly painful. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, there were, there were a couple spots that didn't quite work. There were a couple, it, it seems like, you know, things that might've just kind of fallen apart for the guys or whatever. The match as a whole did not necessarily hold together. Like if I'm looking at it as a whole, I'm sort of like, eh, 
it, it could have, you know, could have been better maybe. Um, that said, you know, not having a big crowd to play to, not having the, you know, the, the huge oohs and ahs of, of, of a packed, you know, house of 10,000 or, or whatever to some of those big spots. It's, you know, I mean, it, it, it's going to suffer for that and there's no way around that. Um, but that said, I thought that there were some really great moments. There were some moments that obviously made me smile. Uh, most of them focused around Orange Cassidy, um, you know, and, and, and I think that it, it kicked things off well enough. Um, I do think that ultimately it might've ended up being my least favorite match on the card though. Um, yeah. Uh, it, it, it certainly had moments where it worked great and there was a lot that I liked about it, but there were some things where I just sort of was like, okay, we're getting off to a rough start. Maybe. Um, next up we had MJF, uh, taking on jungle boy in what, was for most of the evening my favorite match on the card and and honestly probably one of my favorite wrestling matches that I have seen since the entire you know quarantine stay at home orders began um it just worked they worked so well together they played their roles perfectly MJF has been and continues to be just a perfect heel Um, everything he does, all the work that he puts into it, the little things that he always just gets right. He's, he's fantastic. And, you know, it's funny because I remember the first time I saw MJF in a ring, uh, it was an AAW show here in Chicago and I, he had just kind of come off of, uh, an injury, um, recently. Um, and maybe it was some ring rust, maybe it was being in a new space, it was the first time he'd ever wrestled for AAW, whatever the case may be, his mic work was phenomenal, of course, he just, he has that, he has the it thing that that, that makes that work, but the in-ring work, I was just sort of like, okay, yeah, fine, you know, but in the past couple of years... I mean, he has just grown so much, and he put on an incredible match here, and he had the perfect dance partner. Jungle Boy, I mean, he was the perfect foil. If if if, if MJF is playing that perfect heel right now, Jungle Boy played the perfect baby face. And, you know, there are a lot of really talented people on the AEW roster, and there are a lot of really talented people that play their roles to a hilt. But when you have somebody like Jack Perry, Jungle Boy, who is just so perfect at being that white meat baby face, you know, you, 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 you don't get that as often these days. Um, it's not something that, that's easy, uh, to, 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 to pull off and he is perfect at it. You know, it's kind of like, it reminds me a lot of how we were talking about, uh, Johnny Gargano, like, you know, a couple years ago in NXT, um, you know, before they started to kind of play with the shades of gray and eventually with the heel turn and everything, um, and, and, and it's remarkable. And so these guys played off of one another so well. There was some just excellent work all around, some beautiful selling on both of their parts. Um, you know, the MJF spot where he suckered him in with the, you know, the knee, um, the, you know, the arm work, uh, was phenomenal. Um, and, and I think that the finish worked out so well, the way that, you know, MJF continued going for the arm, couldn't really get it. And then, you know, they had the, the pinning exchange and he does the combo and the arm does come into 
the play, but it's subtle and it's beautiful because MJF has to grab the arms to hold him down. And of course, Jungle Boy can't get out because he's got the injured arm. And it just, it was, it was for my money, probably one of the, you know, just one of the best pure wrestling matches that I've seen in a while, you know, no chicanery, no weirdness, no, you know, and I love that it didn't end with like a a big finisher or anything like that. It was, it was just really, really wonderful, well put together. And and those guys deserve all the credit in the world. And, and, and like I said, for most of the show was my favorite match on the show, um, quite easily. Um, next up we had the tournament final for the AEW TNT championship. Um, worth noting, they did, they didn't mention this on the broadcast. The belt is not actually finished yet. Um, so I don't feel it's fair to comment on it. Uh, I think that, you know, some people don't necessarily like the logo on the front, but it is worth noting. I mean, that is the TNT logo. Like there's not, I don't think they were going to do anything with it to like make it separate from TNT. You know, it's that, that's their home base. That's where they, they, you know, they have their show. So I think that kind of, you know, honoring that in a way with the logo is, is, is the way to go. Um, I like the red strap. I'm, I'm a fan of different colored straps for belts. I think that it, um, helps differentiate them even more than just whatever, you know, plating you put on them. Um, but, uh, it was mentioned by Jim Ross, I believe that the, um, there was gold plating still left to be done on the belt. And you can certainly see that there's some empty space, um, on, on, on the belt that, that it'll look, it'll look nice. I, I think once they get finished with it. Um, so yeah, I, I, you know, I dig the belt, whatever. Um, you know, Mike Tyson, man, he is, he's, uh, an entity unto himself. And, and I thought that you know, his presence certainly added something. Um, you can't not get a little something out of having a guy like that, um, present. Um, and he was clearly engaged in spite of the one shot that they did get of him during the match where he was yawning. Um, I, you know, I, of course people can make their jokes. They can, you know, do whatever they want, but it, it wasn't because he was bored. It wasn't because, you know, it's like, maybe, maybe he had a long flight. Maybe he's just tired. Maybe you know, whatever the case may be, he was clearly engaged. He was clearly watching. He was providing reactions when he needed to. Um, and, and again, just his presence alone added a little something. So I think that's great. Um, the work from Jake Roberts, I mean, has just continued to be incredible and, and, and it's not a surprise at all. Um, I think that, you you know, you can say the same about, um, Arn Anderson's work here. Um, but in spite of, you know, those two guys putting in work and being present during this match, um, they never overshadowed what was going on in the ring. Um, and, and I think, what this match did for both of the competitors, and this is something that was that a strain that ran through the whole show, and 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 it's just I think exemplifies smart booking in general, is that both of these guys look good, and you can say that about the MJF Jungle Boy match. Jungle Boy didn't lose, you know, like MJF might have gotten the win, but Jungle Boy was not a loser, and in the same fashion here, Lance Archer just continued to look like a million bucks. And and again, like a legitimate threat um, to anyone he steps in the ring with. Cody's resilience and his tenacity 
you know, his ability to, to, to come back after the punishment that, that Lance Archer threw on him. Um, the, 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 the intensity of the match overall worked really, really well. They had a great brawl. Um, there were some incredible moments. Lance Archer's interactivity with the cameras, um, his, you know, his, his talking, uh, throughout the match worked so well and added some nice depth to his character, um, which, you know, his, his work in general, I, I think, um, over the past couple of years has, has really kind of expanded that and he's, he's gained even more breadth and he's always been somebody who's talented and he's put a lot of years in the business already. So it's not necessarily a surprise. Um, you know, Cody, I think it, it was difficult for me to decide who was going to win this match or who I wanted to win this match, but I think Cody getting the win is, is the right choice. Um, you know, he, uh, he, he has put so much into this company and into helping to elevate a, uh, kind of wrestling and an alternative form of wrestling that existed before he got there on the scene. Let's face it, you know, the, 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 the revolution, if you will, had already begun, but he was somebody that was able to come in, commit, throw all this energy and passion and know-how and, and charisma behind this movement and, and take it to another level. And I think that, you know, you can't have AEW without Matt and Nick Jackson. You can't have AEW without Kenny Omega. You know, you can't have AEW without Tony Khan. Uh, but I think you cannot have AEW or All In without Cody Rhodes. And the the lead up to this match and to the tournament and knowing that Cody can't challenge again for the uh, world championship, knowing that stipulation exists, um, it, it was just, it was, it was a really good moment. It was, it was a defining moment, I think, for him and for AEW. Uh, and the great thing is, is that it does not, regardless of what a lot of people are probably going to say, it does not hurt Lance Archer to lose this match. And that's what I was afraid of. I have to be honest. I was worried about that. I was like, oh, is it going to hurt Lance Archer to win this match? But again, similarly to what I said about Jungle Boy, you know, Cody won, but Lance didn't really lose. Um, and I think that where, you know, I'm, I am, the, the, this is the great thing about this. I am just as intrigued to see where Lance Archer and Jake, the snake Roberts go from here as I am to see what Cody Rhodes does as TNT champion. Um, you know, I have a feeling that Cody's in for a long run with the belt and I'm fine with that. You know, I think that he can, he can obviously, uh, run with this and, and, um, probably, help to establish the title and, and elevate some other talent along the way in having like really good matches, you know, similar to like the John Cena open challenge with the U S belt, you know, stuff like that. Um, <clears throat> next up we had Chris Statlander, uh, taking on Penelope Ford. This was originally supposed to be Statlander and Britt Baker, but we found out prior to the match that Britt Baker, um, suffered a fracture, um, of, of her tibia as well as an LCL tear, um, it sounds like she's going to be out for a little bit. Um, 
they 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 played up a wonderful moment with the doctor talking about how difficult she is, which I think is, uh, you know, it, it, it's just again, it's a sign of the fact that they're really thinking about the total package here. They always have been. They, they you know, they they really are building these stories, and I think that you know when they started off, let's face it, like there was some there was some stuff that didn't work. There were some misfires, but when you think about what they have done, especially since like the new year, like they have really, for the most part, fired on all cylinders. And very rarely have they done something that doesn't make sense, that doesn't help add to the overall texture of the stories that they're telling. Um, so that was a good moment. Um, <clears throat> man, you know, it, it, I, I knew that Chris Statlander was going to win this match. Um, but Penelope Ford is someone who I think is incredibly talented. Um, I, I mean, she bumps. It's just, you know, it's, it's an art form, but man, you know, she is so good at it. Um, and, and, and I think that that, um, helps to elevate whoever she's in the ring with because she can make them look like a million bucks, uh, much like Cody did for Lance Archer in the previous match. Um, but she also got her stuff in, you know, honestly. And, and, and I think that, uh, they had a, a good match, you know, it was, uh, under six minutes, so they didn't get a whole lot of time. I loved Kip Sabian coming out all taped up and injured from the ladder match. It's just, it's great. And I think again, you know, it's thoughtful into his character and it works well for that relationship, the dynamic. It's interesting that, you know, the announced team was playing up, the fact that, you know, if, if Penelope hadn't been worried about her fiance, that maybe, you know, she wouldn't be, uh, having, you know, having the, the, the back injury coming into the match that, that, you know, his presence at ringside wasn't helping her, you know, playing that sort of stuff up. And it, it does make you kind of wonder like, Hmm, where do they go from here? Um, you know, is that going to be a facet to the story or is it just, uh, you know, is, is, is it long-term planning, um, having her break off on her own or, or is it just kind of the announced team helping to tell a little bit of a story, um, to invest the audience in, in, in Penelope as, as maybe, um, you know, coming into this herd, uh, you know, whatnot. Um, <clears throat> I thought that they worked well together. Statlander is, 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 is a really, you know, excellent talent. And, and I think, um, we'll probably be seeing, um, her and, uh, Hikaru Shida, uh, in a match sooner rather than later. Um, so yeah, I, I, I dug it and I think the, you know, the right person won in that instance. Then we had uh, Sean Spears come out and, you know, play up the fact that Dustin's not going to be there. Brandy came out. Dustin showed up. Um, Dustin looked great. He, you know, laid into Sean Spears. Um, It was, you know, for me, it was gratifying to see this because I'm glad that Dustin is, you know, clearly still going to be a presence in the ring and and still going to be... um, He's still going to be someone that, I mean, obviously he can have a good match. He can have a good match with anybody, but he's going to be someone that when he steps in the ring, you, you, you could, you could see him beating, you know, whoever he's in the ring with, um, or at least being a, a threat. And I, and, and I like that. I, I think it's a good position for him. Um, you know, yeah, he's, he's the veteran, you know, yeah, he's, he's, he's on the back end of his career, but it, he's not done yet. What this match does for Sean Spears, I mean, you know, whatever. I, I, look, it, it's clear that they are not positioning Sean Spears to be um, this legitimate threat. And and sometimes you need a geek. 
and 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 that doesn't mean that that's where he's going to stay. Uh, you know, he could very easily, you know, a few months down the road, be in a completely different position. Um, so I thought, you know, I thought that the the, the disrobing uh, worked well. Uh, there was a bit where, you know, at one point, basically Dustin had like punched him out of his shoes, which I loved. The Tully, the Tully thing on his underwear, man, it popped me. It made me laugh. Uh, it was, you know, it's goofy, but whatever. Um, you know, so Dustin getting the win here, less than four minutes. What? Yeah, it was, it, it was good for what it was. Um, then we have uh, the women's championship match. No disqualification, no count out. Hikaru Shida uh, taking on Nyla Rose. This was fantastic. Um, I, I loved this and I think it's difficult. I go back and forth, you know, I'm fresh. We're fresh out of the show just wrapped up like an hour ago. Uh, but, but man, it's so difficult for me to say whether this was my favorite match or whether the MJF jungle boy match was my favorite match of the night, but I loved this match. I loved the outcome um, I loved so many, so many of the spots, so much of the work that they did. It was brutal. I mean, I would, I would legit put this match, you know, this type of match stipulation up against a lot of other matches with similar stipulations that I have seen, period. You know, um, it didn't go as long as like, you know, Gargano Champa from, uh, uh, whichever takeover it was, uh, where, you know, they had similar stipulations and beat the hell out of one another and, and got inventive and crazy or whatever, it, you know, it, it, it wasn't, it wasn't that match. It wasn't supposed to be that, you know, half an hour match or whatever, but what they did with the time that they had and in the intensity overall and the quality of work was just fantastic. Uh, they both just looked like stars. There was so much presence. It felt like, you had that big fight feel, uh, for lack of a better term. And, and, and I really, really enjoyed it. Um, I'm so glad, uh, she won. I, I am, uh, a huge fan of hers. You know, I, I had the pleasure of meeting her at a shimmer show, um, uh, a couple years ago. And, and I just, I loved her work then. She was in two main events that shimmer weekend, um, which is really saying something. She was, she, uh, had a, title match against Mercedes Martinez and then was in a tag team match with Nicole Savoy against, uh, Mercedes Martinez. And, um, uh, uh, why am I blanking? I'm completely blanking and, and, and I don't know why I am, but, uh, it doesn't matter. Anyway, yeah, she was in two main event matches, uh, in addition to a couple of other matches that weekend and, and, and just was, um, a standout for me. I, I loved her work. I loved her look. And she's continued to grow and, and be incredible in AEW and is, you know, probably, you know, one of, if not their most popular uh, female star right now and, and arguably the best female worker that they have. And I think that it is a testament to AEW that she has that belt because that to me is what it's all about. You know, if you can find someone who is your most popular person in the locker room and put the belt on them, that's one thing. If you can find somebody who's your best worker and put the belt on them, that's one thing. When you find somebody who is both of those things and you put the belt on them, it's gold and you never look back. I mean, that is to me what, what one of the things that professional wrestling is all about and, and what championships are all about. 
Um, you know, it's one of the things I love about new Japan pro wrestling. I think, uh, you know, you don't often find that that is not the case with whoever is holding the IWGP championship, um, heavyweight championship, um, whether it was, you know, Tanahashi or Okada or, or Naito, like, I mean, they, they check both those boxes and, um, and I, and, and again, and, and so did Kenny Omega, uh, there for a minute, you know, so I, I, I think that, uh, yeah, that's just what you do, right? So um, I loved this. Uh, I can't say enough good about it. They 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 laid into each other. Um, you know, the table spot was great, uh, or well, the the blackjack table spot, I guess it was. Um, the 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 stuff with the giant poker chip. Uh, the you know the um, kendo stick work. My God, and and when and when Sheeta broke the stick over Nyla Rose's head, and then you know, hit the knee and, and, and got the win. I mean, it was just a great moment and, and it, it meant a lot, you know, to me as a fan, um, to, to Shida, uh, obviously they had done the, um, the Hana Kimura, um, tribute prior to the match and talked about her after the match. And I, and I just, I think, yeah, it was a good, it was a good moment. It was, it was a good moment. You felt good. And I just loved this match. I just loved it. Um, it, it's, it's, you know, one of my favorite women's matches that I've seen in a while, quite honestly. Um, the, uh, the, the, you know, the other thing is, is again, I feel like Nyla Rose doesn't come out of this looking like the loser either. I think that Nyla Rose has, uh, you know, a huge upside and I would not be at all surprised if she's, not wearing that belt again at some point, um, because she's, she's also, you know, pretty fantastic, um, and a different kind of competitor, which I think is great. And they meshed really well. Um, next up we had the singles match for the AEW world championship. What the hell else kind of match would it be? Um, Brody Lee and John Moxley, um, another really good match. It's strange because this was one of those rare times when, you know, I'm, I'm watching two main event players, two fantastic talents and I am, and I'm left scratching my head thinking to myself, man, how do they follow what just came before them? Um, and they did a great job and it was a very different kind of match, a very different kind of brawl. Um, you know, we, we, we had a few brawls kind of, uh, on the card tonight with the Cody and Lance Archer match and, and the Sheeta and Rose match. And then this match, and obviously the stadium stampede, I'll get to that in a second, but the the thing that was wonderful is that they all felt different. Um, they all had very different kinds of finishes. Um, you know, the, the, again, the, the card was so well laid out. Uh, it didn't feel like I was watching these like prepackaged little bite sized morsels of wrestling. It felt like I was watching an entire card, an evening of wrestling that was laid out to me, a full course meal, um, that was laid out to me in such a way that everything made sense and flowed really, really well. Um, and this match was no exception. And I, I really enjoyed um, the the bout overall. I, I felt like there were some some great moments. Um, you know, these guys work well together. They know each other. They've wrestled one another before. Uh, Brody Lee looked like a million bucks. This the, the, this you know the loss here doesn't hurt him at all. The win is the right choice. Moxley needs to have that title for a while. Um, you know I think that he he has continued to um, just impress and enjoy being out of WWE. Quite frankly, uh, his work in New Japan, his work in AEW has just been so fantastic. And 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 this was again no exception to that. Uh, the final moments of the match. I mean, Jesus, that paradigm shift was brutal. Um, the spot, the, uh, the, the spot through the, um, 
the ramp was great. Um, you know, it kind of took me back and reminded me of the Taz Bam Bam Bigelow spots from e- ECW, um, which, you know, both times that that happened, you know, worked, worked so well. Um, the, uh, uh, the finish, God, I loved this finish. You get one paradigm shift. Brody Lee pops out at one. You get another paradigm shift. He pops out at two. He's bleeding from going through the the entrance ramp, uh, which is another great choice. I mean, you know, it, it works, man. It adds that drama. And then and then Moxley locks in that that bulldog choke, and then and then goes into that that rear choke, and 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 it was, it just it worked so well, and it was so different, and it and it and it, it just was a really great finish. Um, and, and, and again, the right, the right way for things to end up with this match. So, uh, yeah, kudos to both those guys. They worked their asses off. Um, and I really enjoyed it. And I think that it's the right choice to keep the belt on Moxley. (laughs) Then we got the stadium stampede. Um, man, I loved so much about like the first like 10 minutes or so of this match. Uh, I just thought it was so great and and it reminded me of of a lot of like classic sort of like falls count anywhere you know uh uh stipulation sort sort of matches and i just really really enjoyed it i mean there were there were shades of like you know the the tupelo concession stand brawl from memphis and you know uh i i just thought that they did a really really excellent job um, with the presentation, the way that it was filmed, like everything about it was really great. Really, really enjoyed it. Then we got to the Matt Hardy pool spot. And at first I was really digging it. I'm thinking like, yeah, this is fun. This is fun. Had a smile on my face. When they did the character changing stuff, I have to admit at first it kind of took me out a little bit and I was just sort of like, eh, I don't know about all this. This is now, now we're in different territory here. But what I will say is that it challenged my notions of what pro wrestling is and pro wrestling being an art form is meant to have a wide appeal and it is meant to be able to stretch its legs in ways that take us out of our comfort zone and I think that the, the, the overall quality of this match was not hampered by that. And, 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 and even more importantly, the overall quality of my enjoyment, of, of how good it made me feel, of the smile it put on my face, was not hampered by the couple of moments that I was sort of like, oh, come on, what are we doing here? Um, it just wasn't, you know, and after the character change bit, you know, one of the other moments that I was sort of like, Hmm, was the breaking of all the bottles over Hager's head. I was like, okay, guys. Okay. You know, but again, I still enjoyed the hell out of the bar room brawl. And there was still, and and this is the other thing too, that's important because there's a lot of people out there that I'm sure are going to say things like that's not wrestling or, you know, whatever. And that's fine. Everyone is entitled to their opinion. You're entitled to decide what wrestling is for you, but you're not allowed to decide what wrestling is for everybody. And for me watching this match, I just couldn't help but think to myself, this is, you know, this is different and this is new and it is challenging my perception of things because let's face it, I've watched things for years that when you really literally seriously think about it logically, 
it's bullshit, you know? So why is this any different? Um, you know, and, and there was no ref in the bar. So it's like, well, they're not going to pin him behind the bar because there's no ref there, you know? So, so fine. Uh, yeah, it didn't, it didn't even matter. Um, the endless Northern Lights suplex spot was another one where I was sort of like, okay, guys, you're having fun here and that's good. And I think that that's what I kept coming back to. Anytime I thought to myself, what are they doing? All I could come up with the answer is they're having fun. And you know what? I'm having fun too. And I'm smiling. I'm smiling. I'm laughing at points. And I'm also amazed by the talent that's on display from these individuals. The athleticism that's on display from these individuals, the risks that they're taking. Um, everything that I love about pro wrestling was in this match. And there were some things that I don't necessarily associate with pro wrestling that were in this match that again, challenged me and, and pushed me out of my comfort zone with what I think pro wrestling is. And I think ultimately the more I live with this match and sit with this match, the more I will be drawn to the conclusion that this is a truly great moment in professional wrestling and a unique moment in professional wrestling. And, and that's not to say that similar things haven't been done before, even recently, you know, with the stuff that we saw at WrestleMania, but ultimately I think I prefer what I saw at the stadium stampede to anything else that I have seen of this nature. Um, you know, I enjoyed the Boneyard match for what it was. Uh, but I also think that a lot of the Boneyard match was just, you know, two guys walking around, hitting one another, and throwing one another into things, um, and kind of telling a bit of a story at first, but, you know, kind of not. Um, and it's unfair, because they're very different. Uh, so I don't want to make that comparison too much, but, but just in my mind, what this match did, I think was, uh, was very special and very unique. And, 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 and again, the period on the sentences, it was fun. It made me smile. It brought me joy. It brought me enjoyment. And I know that there are a lot of people out there that feel the same way. There are a lot of people out there that liked it even more than I did. Um, you know, that loved every minute of it, even the parts where I was just sort of like, ah. Uh, and, and, and that to me is just a testament to, uh, the success of this particular match. And I think that we, as a, as a, as a community, as a fandom needed something like this. And I think that as a whole, what double or nothing did on this night, um, is quite special and quite important. And I'm grateful for AEW. I'm grateful for the talent on this card. I'm grateful for the commentary team. I thought for the most part, I thought that they were fantastic tonight. I thought that they contributed to the stories being told in the ring. Um, I thought they had some really fun moments, some funny moments, some honest moments. And that's the thing. Everyone just seemed to be, you know, really able to enjoy themselves. And, and, and that made it all the more special. And it has me looking forward to Wednesday. It has me looking forward to Fighter Fest. Uh, which it has been confirmed that Brian Cage will challenge for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship, uh, excuse me, World Championship, there's no weight class on it, um, uh, that John Moxley holds, uh, so that should be a really interesting match. Um, I, I think that, that those two have the ability to pull off something very unique. Um, I think they have you know fairly different styles, and so it'll be an interesting clash. 
Um, you know, we're obviously going to get a tag team title match at some point between Best Friends and Kenny Omega and Adam Page. Um, Shayna Baszler, that was who Mercedes Martinez tagged with when she took on Hikaru Shida and Nicole Savoy. Sorry, just popped into my head. Anyway, um, I, I am... Or was it Aja Kong? Fuck. See, this is what happens when it's like after midnight and you record a podcast, you're trying to give some honest, thoughtful opinions, and, you know, it's just been kind of a crazy time in general in life, and, 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 you, you, you know, you lose, you lose the, the thread, uh, you lose the thread. I could look it up on Cage Match, but, I mean, at this point, no one really cares, right? So, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna let it go. No, no, I'm not either. It was Aja Kong. Um, so... <laughs> So there you have it. Um, overall, I really loved AEW Double or Nothing, and I am uh, grateful for uh, the fans that um, the community um, that I'm a part of to to be able to share that joy and see you know so many of the tweets coming through um, and 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 just you know see the the joy that the show brought to a lot of people who were sharing and a lot of the grief and uncertainty um, that, that we all are, are in right now so uh, yeah very very grateful for that and uh, thought that it was just a great show uh, I think the women's title match and MJF and Jungle Boy are my two favorite matches on the card um, I loved the, the the world championship match too I thought Moxley and Brody Lee were great um, I'm really looking forward to what's next for AEW and I'm really grateful for uh, a fantastic show um, so if you're listening to this and you have any thoughts, opinions, comments, whatever, uh, feel free to hit me up uh, on Twitter at KOPW72. Uh, I would love to hear what you guys thought. Uh, I'm sure our, I've already talked to some of you on, on Twitter. We'll engage with some of you later. Um, I just want to, um, you know, again, um, thank people for, for everything um, that they shared over the, the, the past day, the past week, um, the, the comments from, from the wrestlers, obviously, that, that knew the talent that we lost, um, the writers that worked with Larry Zonka, for that matter, um, whom I neglected to really talk about in the last podcast that I dropped. Um, just, you know, just am grateful for the, for the community, and, and I'm grateful for the joy that we all got to share tonight watching um, a fantastic show. Uh, with a lot of really fun, great moments. And I think, you know, it was probably the best empty arena show um, that that I have seen in this new era of uh, empty arena shows that we are currently living in. So I'm grateful for that. And uh, kudos to the whole team at AEW. Uh, so I will, uh, I will leave you with that and uh, be back soon. Um, excited to announce that we'll have another Phil Singer Games podcast probably within the next week. Um, in fact, I believe there's a good chance it will drop either a week from today um, or, or a week from tomorrow. Um, so, so be on the lookout for that. Um, should, be, should be a good time. We'll be talking about uh, the new sets they have coming out. Um, uh, there's a new, uh, best of the Indies 2020 set, which has got some great talent in it. Uh, there is, uh, another, you know, um, reimagining, if you will, of one of their classic, uh, GWF, 
you know, sci-fi themed uh, game sets, um, which is uh, exciting new artwork. Um, there's some uh, Legends cards coming out. They're promoted Prime cards coming out. So uh, some cool stuff with that. Um, I will finally get the Mark James stuff out um, because I've been meaning to do that for a while. Such a great guy. I have five new books uh, that I recently purchased from him, including the Jerry Jarrett autobiography, The Best of Times, which I'm really excited to, to, to dig into. Um, just such high quality stuff. And, and I've got some, you know, some more Memphis books to read and also the, the Houston Wrestling Programs uh, book, uh, which I'm also very excited about because uh, a lot of that um, content that the NWA uh, streaming channel NWA on demand uh, had was from Houston. So I have a, a lot of that um, in a uh, external hard drive to, to watch to pair with that. So I'm looking forward to that. I will also have um, soon some more of those high spots uh, documentaries um, that I will be chatting about too. So be on the lookout for some new content in the coming week, um, as well as that Phil Singer Games podcast. But in the meantime, take care of yourselves, take care of one another. Thank you so much for listening, and uh, I will be talking to you very soon.